uh, as we get to know one another, you'll notice that I like to chew gum a lot because I always, I don't like having bad breath and I hope no one else does either. Um, but I like to drink coffee in the morning and, and while we're having our holy hour this morning, um, I swallowed my gum. So I'm a little bit like wondering if I'm going to die or not. So it's just kind of like going through my head as we were preparing for Mass today. That has nothing to do with the, the gospel. It's just a little bit of me uh, revealing my life to you. So you'll notice I like to have gum a lot. Just, just don't like having bad breath. I think it's hopefully a good thing. But um, in, our, in our gospel reading today, there's, there's so much going on. And I'm, I'm going to try to uh, bring it home to you all uh, as, as we journey as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and a lot of times we, we don't get like kind of what's happening in these gospels because we read it in English. Um, and a lot of times, even just as what we're doing now, it, it's, like, it's like the Lord trying to bring us into the transfiguration. Because in the Greek, uh, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and his brother, uh, Peter, James, and his brother John up the high mountain, the Greek says he, had to, he was dragging them. So they didn't want to go. And they, they probably know what they're doing is good. But sometimes we have it in, the, in us. We have that divided heart. And like the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, through a friend, has to even drag us, say, to come here today. Um, but it says he was, he was transfigured before them. His, his clothes became white as light. His face shone like the sun. And we see him actually conversing with saints, which is one of our proof texts as Catholics for when people say, intercession of saints, that's not real. But here we see Jesus actually conversing with Moses and Elijah. And Peter, uh, as the first pope, he speaks out for the, for the other two. And he says, he says, Lord, it is so good that we're here. Like, I want to always behold your face. I want to always see you in your, in your majesty, in, your, in, your tr- in the true person of who you are. Um, but while he's speaking, kind of babbling out of like just the awesomeness of God, a bright cloud casts a shadow over them, and they hear this voice, and this voice was the same voice that spoke when Jesus was baptized. When you go back to Mark 1.11, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But some people... Uh, have different translations of the word please because some people don't like that word. Uh, there's a doctor named Dr. Bob Schutz. He's a good psychologist. Uh, he runs a program called Healing the Whole Person. He runs a John Paul II Institute. And when he goes through this, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, he actually uses the words, this is my beloved son in whom I delight. So here, Peter, James, and John are realizing the Father's immense love for them, that they are indeed the apple of God's eye. And that is, my job as priest is to help people know that they are the apple of God's eye. They are so loved that the Father would send his only son. And in that, that awesomeness, sometimes we, we feel like, Lord, I'm unworthy, so we fall on our faces, and we almost want to say, like, if you really knew me, back away. But when the disciples heard this, you know, they fall prostrate, and they're very much afraid, but Jesus he actually touches them, and he wants to touch you and most likely touch your wounds, touch your brokenness. And he says, rise, don't, don't be afraid. And when the disciples raise their eyes through that resurrection, they see no one else but Jesus alone. And that's our goal, is to see Jesus in everything and everyone. But as they come down the mountain, Jesus charges them He's, he's giving them a really strong push. He says, don't tell anyone until the Son of Man has been risen from the dead, or has been raised from the dead. And the reason why is because everything Jesus did, it totally dwelt upon the fact that if he did not rise from the dead, all of his ministry was bunk. It was, it was bogus. 
but you and I have to experience this. I can talk up here. So I want to walk you through a brief meditation uh, that's in the book um, Unbound. And it's by Neil Lozano, who's a good, a good Catholic. And this goes more into the baptism. And you are supposed to understand what, what actually happened at baptism. So what I'm going to ask you to do uh, right now is just to close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. And I want you just to imagine yourself and just try to feel and smell uh, what it would be like to be walking down the River Jordan. How hot is it? How sunny is it? How clear is the water? And as you're walking down the River Jordan, in the distance you see Jesus standing next to John the Baptist in the water. And Jesus gently waves you over to come stand next to him. And you do. You take little steps of courage to walk with him and walk towards him. And as you come to Jesus, he just has a big smile on his face. He's so excited to see you and be with you and embrace you. And he puts his arm around you. And John the Baptist puts his arm around both of your backs and lowers you into the water, which is a symbol of Jesus' death and your death to the world. And he lowers you into the water and cleanses you of all of your sins, all of your, your wounds, all of your brokenness. And as he raises you out of the water, you and Jesus have become one. And immediately, a voice from the heavens, coming from the Father, says to you, you, are my beloved daughter, in whom I delight. You are my beloved son, in whom I delight. And you being raised out of the water is a sign of your resurrection. And every time we come to Mass, we are able to behold Jesus. And through the Father, he reminds us of who we are. And Jesus always lived in that loving gaze of the Father, knowing he was the apple of God's eye. And he wants to share that with you. But don't tell anyone, like Jesus charged Peter, James, and his brother John, until you are firmly convicted of your sonship and daughtership, until you have been raised from the dead, until you truly believe that you are who God says you are. And let him heal you so that you can rise and not be afraid.
Let us take a moment of silence and just rest in him. As we enter into this mass, we place any doubts, anything that may be holding us back that we are not beloved sons and daughters on this altar. Amen.